Welcome to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jenny Catron, your host and the founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. You guys, this is episode 100 which feels so crazy, but is really a ton of fun. Like it just caused me, me and the team earlier this week, we're just kind of reflecting on a hundred episodes of the podcast and even just trying to anticipate what do we even want to share? What should we do for the hundredth episode of the podcast? It feels like an important mile marker. And really what we just found ourselves thinking was just how grateful we are for the privilege of speaking into leaders' lives and that this is just such another great resource for all of us to learn, to grow, and to just get better as leaders. So I just, first of all, want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for rating and reviewing and all of that fun stuff. I actually went back through and was reading some of the reviews just to remind myself of how this has been helpful to leaders. And uh, just a couple of comments in the reviews were things like um, that we're giving you pieces of both myself and my guests' leadership tips and just how helpful that is, that we bring challenging practical coaching through the podcast, that we're thinking about the future while also embracing the present, which is a real tension, but feeling like the podcast does that, that it's practical and relevant, that my take on culture along with practical direction for shaping a great culture is excellent, which makes me so happy because that is such a priority of ours, that there's just tons of leadership principles that you're learning that our insight and experience challenges all leaders to think better, that we break cycles of being stuck and help you experience exponential growth personally and organizationally. That is so fun. Just some really wonderful things that y'all have written in the reviews. And that is just super encouraging. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of this. I do want to say, I want to continue to hear from you. What is helpful? What do you want to know? What do you want to keep learning? because that is super meaningful to us. We have some really fantastic interviews coming up in April, and I can't wait for you to hear some of those. But as I was thinking about today's episode and just kind of what was even on my heart or I wanted to share, I was praying through it a little bit, and God just kind of brought me back to something that I did at this time last year. So of course, you know, shortly after The pandemic had us all kind of hunkered down, especially in those early few months. And we were all kind of reeling from what does this mean for our organizations? I was asking that about foresight. I was asking that about all of the leaders and the teams that I was serving. And I just felt God kind of prompt me to lean into wisdom. For a number of days, I did a word study on the word wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And I spent a number of days just reading through Proverbs from cover to cover and looking at wisdom. And it was so encouraging to me because I think the reality is for us as leaders is that we need wisdom and the wisdom we need is experience we don't have, you know? And so we need wisdom to know how to lead through things we've never experienced before. And I think that has been so true of us this year. And I think as I was thinking about this hundredth episode of the podcast, I thought, you know what, my heart, my desire, my prayer for all of you and for myself is that we would seek wisdom, 
that tools like this hopefully are a great resource for you in seeking wisdom. But we all need to be seeking wisdom that helps inform how we lead. So that's where I want to camp out in today's episode is on this topic of wisdom. Now, funny enough, I have a section of my book, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership, where I talk specifically about wisdom. And so I want to share some of that. So I'm kind of digging back into the book. For those of you who've read it, it will be a refresher. For those of you who haven't read the book, you might want to grab it and check it out. But in the chapter on leading from soul, remember the book, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership is all about the power of leading from your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And I talk about wisdom in the soul chapter, about our spiritual leadership requires a posture of praying for wisdom, that we have to almost submit ourselves to the idea that we don't know everything, not that we almost have to, we do have to submit ourselves to the idea that we don't know everything. And so there is a wisdom that we need that only ultimately comes from God. And he might inspire us with that from different sources, but that posture of praying for wisdom is extraordinarily important to healthy God-honoring leaders. So I want to just dig into that part of the the book a little bit. And then I also thought in closing, I would just reflect on some of the observations of wisdom that I had when I read through Proverbs last year. So I hope this is helpful for you today. It's a little bit of a different type of episode, but it was really just what I was sensing we need to hear right now. Get wisdom. That is how I set up this section of the chapter. And I wrote this when I was living in Silicon Valley. And you can imagine living in Silicon Valley just surrounded by intellectual horsepower of corporate executives, attorneys, venture capitalists, educators, tech gurus. Uh, And, uh, you know, I just found myself mesmerized daily by getting the chance to work with and engage with people of that caliber on a daily basis. And the thirst for knowledge there is insatiable. You know, people are just hungry to learn, to grow, to succeed, to make things better, to come up with the next brilliant idea. And so surrounded by some of the most brilliant minds of our generation, I found myself challenged to continue to grow as well. Like I just was kind of on my toes recognizing I'm around some really smart people and I need to figure out what I need to learn to grow and kind of keep up. And while knowledge is important, what I really reflected on is that wisdom is essential for spiritual leaders. Knowledge is information that we get from experience or education, but wisdom is the ability to apply that knowledge in order to make sound choices and navigate life's circumstances. So let me say that again. I want you to hear this distinction between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information that we get from our experience or our education. Wisdom is the ability to apply that knowledge in order to make sound choices and navigate life's circumstances. So King Solomon, said to be the wisest person who ever lived, exhibited a consuming passion for knowledge and wisdom. If King Solomon were alive today, he would have fit right into the Silicon Valley culture. Haley's Bible handbook notes that he lectured on botany and zoology He was a scientist, a political ruler, a businessman with vast enterprises, a poet, moralist, and preacher. So Solomon's resume was pretty extensive. And yet the greatest legacy he left for us was his writing on the importance of wisdom in our lives. I think this is pretty phenomenal. So wisdom may very well be the most important trait that we should seek to develop as leaders. 
We can't possibly account for every leadership situation we'll face, case in point, this past year. So therefore, wisdom and prayer are the best resources at our disposable. And guys, this is kind of our secret weapon for those of us who are followers of Jesus, for those of us who believe in the power of prayer. This is kind of a secret weapon for us, right? In his book, Give and Take, business professor and organizational psychologist Adam Grant writes, wisdom is the ability to make sound judgments and choices based on experience. But where does that leave us when we have limited experience, right? Is wisdom reserved only for our twilight years? That's the question, right? Do we only glean wisdom with age? Or is wisdom something that we can get whatever stage or season that we're in? And while there's no doubt that wisdom grows with age and experience, Proverbs tells us that wisdom is available to us now. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. So the simple thing there is get wisdom, which kind of opens up a ton of questions for me, right? But it's a simple and direct statement that seems more easily said than done. In Adam Grant's writing, he provides more context to the idea of wisdom gleaned from experience. And he says, it turns out that the number of life experiences actually has little to do with the quality of those experiences. According to the data, between ages 25 to 75, the correlation between age and wisdom is zero. Now, let me say that again. According to the data, between ages 25 to 75, the correlation between age and wisdom is zero. Wisdom emerges not from experience itself, but rather from reflecting thoughtfully on the lessons gained from experience. Wisdom is gained by learning from our experiences. We have to study, learn, and grow from the experiences that have shaped our lives so far. And it's really self-leadership in action, isn't it? I tell you all the time, lead yourself well to lead others better. So that taking that intentionality to reflect on your experiences and really glean wisdom from them is so key. And so I'm thinking about this year that we have been through. Are you taking time to reflect on it and see what you've learned as a leader this past year? But there's another element to growing in wisdom that often escapes us. The pursuit of wisdom can easily become a driving achievement. With evidence of wise decisions, we begin to take pride in wisdom. So this is the danger side, right? Like this is the part we have to pay attention to. This is where spiritual leadership makes a marked difference for an extraordinary leader. Proverbs 11.2 warns us that when pride comes, then what? Then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I think that's pretty profound right there, right? Because the challenge is once we start to glean a little bit of wisdom, we can start taking credit for it, start to become a little prideful in it. So it says, Proverbs says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now, let me give you an example of where this played out for me. I had been successfully leading multi-site at the church that I was a part of in Nashville, and I was recruited to go out to Silicon Valley and serve the church out there. I had extensive knowledge from my experience at the church in Nashville, right? And therefore, I dove into my new responsibilities with great confidence, and it would be safe to say a good deal of pride. Like, I thought I had it figured out. I thought I had cracked the code. And while I certainly had knowledge that was applicable to my new environment, it was presumptuous to think that I had the wisdom for the new responsibility. I had knowledge, but not necessarily wisdom. Because, and ultimately, here's the thing, wisdom is never haughty. Wisdom applies past knowledge and experience while remaining humble 
in new circumstances. I want to say that again, because I think this is really important and important for us to to think about. Wisdom applies past knowledge. So your history, experience, opportunities, the things that have shaped you are giving you knowledge while remaining humble in new circumstances. That's what wisdom does is remains humble in the new circumstance to say, okay, I have some knowledge. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to reflect on that. I'm going to see what that can can help inform the experience I'm in, but I'm going to remain humble and curious about the circumstances that I'm in, the team that I'm working with, the environment that I'm in. This is big for us right now and that we have learned a lot over this past year, and yet we have to be humble to look at the experiences and the circumstances right now and say, okay, what would wisdom look like in this moment? In James 3, it gives us further clarification on the importance of wisdom. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility, there's that word again, that comes from wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That's a pretty amazing list. Wisdom is marked by humility and it's evidenced by the fruit of the spirit actively portrayed in our lives. And spiritual wisdom is countercultural. This wisdom isn't an attempt to prove what we know. It's an attempt to portray what we love. That's an important distinction there as well. James 1 tells us that if we lack wisdom, we need to ask God for it and he will give it to us. That's big. And that's a tremendous promise and an incredibly good news for those who want to lead well. Again, back to that Proverbs verse, get wisdom, right? And if we lack wisdom, James says that we need to ask God for it and he will give it to us. That is hopeful for us as leaders. And I can honestly say that I have prayed for wisdom for as long as I can remember because I know that I desperately need it. And also because it seems like the responsible thing to do as a leader, doesn't it? Right? It seems like a smart thing to do. But what if praying for wisdom is not the greatest prayer that we can pray? What if we've missed a significant point in our prayers for wisdom? So this was the learning for me that I kind of want you to key in on, because I think it's important for us to pray for wisdom. Praying for wisdom for ourselves is critical as leaders, but equally important is that we pray for wisdom for those we lead. And I want you to hear that. Are you praying for wisdom for those that you lead? And honestly, this important component of leadership wisdom didn't occur to me until I was reading through the New Testament journeys of Paul. As a church leader, I really love Paul's influence with the early church, and I find it quite fascinating, especially because I work with so many churches. But his life is a case study in the earliest form of really multi-site church, right? He was helping coach and instruct churches throughout early Christianity. And each epistle begins with words of encouragement, instruction, and prayer. And while I've read these pages numerous times, his words to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1 carried new perspective for me. So I want you to hear this. Hear hear this from Paul. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Paul prayed specifically that God would equip these leaders with wisdom. Paul didn't pray, God, give me wisdom so that I can give them good direction. 
No, rather, he prayed that God would give the Ephesians wisdom and revelation to navigate the challenges that they were facing. Now, think about this. How many times do you pray that God would give you wisdom so you can lead your team? What if you just cut out the middleman? What if you were just praying, hey, God, would you give my team wisdom for the decisions they need to make today? Would you help them have the wisdom, which meaning the reflection on their experiences and using that to help inspire wisdom and seeking God for wisdom? God, would you give them wisdom for the things they need to do today? In Proverbs 2, Solomon teaches us the value of wisdom. He says, through wisdom, we will understand the fear of the Lord, find the knowledge of God, and understand righteousness and justice. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness. As leaders, we naturally feel the responsibility to give direction and provide wisdom for those we lead, don't we? We naturally feel it, that, or we should anyway, feel that this responsibility to provide direction and wisdom for those we lead. And I often pray that God will give me wisdom so I can lead others well, but Paul approached it differently. Paul didn't pray that God would give him wisdom to lead others better. He prayed that God would give the Ephesians the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I can't help but wonder if the reason that Paul prayed so deliberately for wisdom for the Ephesians was that he really had no other choice, right? He's writing while he's in prison. He knew his influence and opportunities for communication and direction were limited, right? Especially you can imagine how slow it was to be able to actually get letters to these leaders. So perhaps those limits forced him to approach his leadership from a completely different perspective than most of us do. In praying for the spirit of wisdom for the Ephesians, Paul was praying for so much more. He knew that with wisdom would come all the promises from Proverbs 2, which again, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil. What if rather than attempting to impart wisdom to those we lead, we began praying for wisdom for the people we lead? What if we were secure enough to know that we're not needed for the wisdom we bring and rather we prayed fervently that God would give wisdom to our teams? How might that change things? Because in this, we begin to demonstrate the focus of leadership that is other-centric rather than me-centric. That's one of those things that I feel like God is continuously working on me as a leader is to learn to be other-centric rather than me-centric. In praying for wisdom for those we lead, we are ultimately praying for God to equip them to elevate themselves to greater heights of leadership and influence. So it really is a both and, obviously, right? We are praying for God to impart wisdom, especially while we are still figuring out all of the new experiences that have shaped us this past year. So we are praying for God to give us wisdom, but what if we were also praying for God to give wisdom to our staff, to our teams, to those that we lead? So while you're thinking about that, I want to read just a couple more. I took over five pages of notes when I was reading. Actually, it might be more than that. When I was reading through Proverbs, actually, it is three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight pages of notes when I was reading through Proverbs and looking at what wisdom is. And so I want to just share a few of these in reflection. And then my hope is that these thoughts on wisdom would be an encouragement to you as you continue to lead well. Proverbs 19 says that wisdom yields patience. Now, if there's anything I know, 
we've needed patience this year as leaders. Proverbs 19 also says that wisdom listens to advice. Ouch. Wisdom accepts discipline. Wisdom adds to learning. Wisdom is despised by fools. When we find wisdom, we find the knowledge of God. We are blessed when we find wisdom, that it's more precious than rubies. Proverbs 3 says, don't let wisdom out of your sight. Proverbs 3 says, the wise inherit honor. Proverbs 4 says, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love wisdom and she will watch over you. Cherish wisdom and she will exalt you. Embrace wisdom and she will honor you. Wisdom maintains discretion and it preserves knowledge. That's from Proverbs 4. Proverbs 8 says, Wisdom has trustworthy things to say. Wisdom speaks what is right, speaks what is true, and detests wickedness. It's more precious than rubies, possesses knowledge and discretion, hates pride and arrogance, provides counsel and sound judgment, insight and power, that those who seek wisdom find her. What wisdom yields surpasses choice silver. That wisdom bestows a rich inheritance on those who love her, making their treasuries full. Rejoices in God's presence. Rejoices in God's whole world and delights in mankind. I think that's really powerful. Blessed are those who listen to wisdom. Blessed are those who keep wisdom's ways. Those who find wisdom find life and receive favor from the Lord. With wisdom, we walk in the way of insight. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. The wise store up knowledge. A person of understanding delights in wisdom. With humility comes wisdom. The wise listen to advice. Wisdom is found in those who take advice. Walk with the wise and become wise. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. It is better to get wisdom than gold. The wise in heart are called discerning. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view. Listen and be wise. Those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So that is my hope for you today. And kind of my reflection on this hundredth episode of the podcast is for us to get wisdom. And the power of that is that James tells us that when we seek wisdom, we will find it. And so that is my hope for you as leaders, that you will utilize great resources to help you continue to gain knowledge, but you will reflect upon that knowledge. You will pray for God to impart the wisdom that helps you lead well, because um, that is one of the great gifts you have as a leader is to uh, lead yourself well and lead others better. And so I hope that this little reflection on wisdom was an encouragement to you today. 
We are so grateful that you are a part of our community here at the Foresight Group. And so I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of 100 episodes with us. And I do hope that you will share and you'll continue to let us know how we can best serve you. Don't hesitate to email me, Jenny at getforesight.com. Let me know what you think, what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. And we're looking forward to our next 100 episodes. By the way, you can still take our new assessment, our culture blind spot assessment to help you get some insight into where you need clarity in your organization to help you build extraordinary culture. I hope this episode helps you lead yourself well and lead others better. And we will see you back next week. Thanks everybody. For listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.